Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second annual Cecily and Aaron's Cinematic Spooktacular. Ooh. Oh, you scared me. The Spookwool. What? We are back. Uh, we got a lot of positive feedback about our little spooky time thing we did last year. <laughs> a little spooky time thing. Yeah, no the, uh, the old spooky time thing. <laughs> and uh, we are back to do another one. Uh, there is a thread where people suggesting scary movies. Cecily's mm-hmm. compiled a list of scary movies. We thought... I was thinking we'd kind of uh, break down what we did last year. Last year, um, I... I, I I think that you were still very new to horror or scary movies, and um, we just kind of watched some new, some old, that kind of thing, and mixed it all together. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't kind, and there wasn't any kind of defined structure. No, we just decided to watch spooky movies in October, and like, hey, let's do a podcast about it. Right, and we've done exactly the same thing this year, except our outline is a little bit more defined. Yeah. We've got um, new things that are coming out this year and older things that we decided to watch and cover because we heard good things from you guys or uh, anywhere else online. So it's going to be more defined in the show notes. And you say you're going to mark the timestamps. Yeah, um, we're definitely going to do that. Uh, so check the show notes. Check check the show notes because we'll have a couple of different sections. We're also going to do a spoiler-free review of the movies we're going to talk about tonight, and then we'll have uh, sections you can jump around to the spoiler-filled re- uh, review or discussion if you want to uh, partake of that. But the first the first part of the podcast will be spoiler-free. Um, right. Also, instead of releasing one podcast that has like nine movies in it, uh, late in October we decided to release. Uh, several podcasts to have three to four movie reviews throughout October, so you guys can kind of like you know, uh, don't, don't it, it's it's almost too late to be spooky if you're releasing this the week before Halloween, right? Because so. we're not gonna stop this train of watching horror movies, yeah. But it can be too much if we wait until the end of the month to retain all of our thoughts and feelings. Yeah, that's the other but thing. But also. Too. You guys don't want to wait until the eve of Halloween, all no. Hallows' Eve, for no. Christ's sake, to hear us talk about these horror movies. You talk of Jesus in such times? <laughs> there is no God here. It's only Halloween. <laughs> uh, okay, so you you got a, you got an outline. You got an outline. Let's, I do. Uh, roll with okay, it. Okay, so first of all, I want to talk about the types of horror movies. Okay, and I use horror in air quotes because. I think generally horror is the term that you use to talk about any kind of uh, scary thing, slasher flicks, torture mm. gore, uh, psychological thrillers. I've seen, yeah, I've seen suspenseful thrillers. Movies, you know, build if as it's got any horror. kind of yeah dark theme to it, mm-hmm. most of all people consider it to be a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I find myself personally leaning towards and enjoying more psychological thrillers. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? What's your favorite? To me, if it's a horror film, it has to have an element of the paranormal. Um, it has to have something supernatural. Uh, that can be an alien. That can be, uh, you know, an, un- an an unusual. Yeah, I mean, like, I so I, I don't think. Like, so uh, before we get too much farther, mm-hmm. I want to clarify on that. Do you consider something where our protagonists consider it to, or it's left open ended whether or not it is supernatural to be supernatural? No, yeah, that's the best. Okay. That's the best kind where you're not quite sure at the end of the movie. Okay. Um, and I think that like my least favorite type of horror movie is like the splatter fests, the torture porn, the stuff where it's just a bunch of regular ass humans hurting other regular ass humans in gruesome ways. Like I don't, I don't find that um, interesting or engaging. I really like creepy atmospheric things like, you know, the witch. Um, I like Mm -hmm. really creepy thinkers. Like we talked about it follows last year where it's like, you know, uh, nothing. It's, it's doesn't make necessarily a lot of sense, but it's it's spooky and creepy and implacable. Um, I but there do are like exceptions. monster flicks. Like yeah. the descent last year was a was was a fun one. Um, but yeah, like there can be, you know, if if it gets if it gets the hair standing on the back of my neck, it, then it's a horror film. But there's horror films that I like more than others for sure. Horror right. categories. But there were we were discussing this outside of the podcast. I'm so sorry to anyone whose illusions we've just shattered. But well, you know, we just preface talk. We talked about, uh, for example, the movie Bone Tomahawk. 
That is a movie that seems like a routine Western up until the end. And we're in the non-spoiler section, so I'm not going to talk about what happens. Mm -hmm. But what kind of category would you put something like that in? Because I... You know, I think that is kind of a part of the horror genre in some way. Yeah, it's it, that's Bone Tomahawk is interesting because, like, when we read about it being a horror film, we watched it, and like, you get to the two thirds point, and you're like, "Well, this is just a pretty conventional con- country or uh, western. you know western." Mm. And then you get to that final part in the last act, and it's just like, "Oh God, oh my God!" There, this is a this is this is terrible what's happening and I can't believe my eyes mm-hmm. and like I understand why this is spoken in hushed tones and called mm-hmm. a horror film and like I guess that's like the stealth horror film uh, we have one of those we're going to talk about tonight right uh, yeah are so we I not thought that cats? was a good way to to sort of introduce what we like and what we're going to talk about um, f- as far as bald move spooktabulars spooktaculars go uh-huh. I think uh, just as a statement. We consider all of those genres we just talked about to be in the horror genre. So they're like the psychological thrillers, gory slasher things will all be considered part of the spooktabular. So there are a number of movies that Bald Move has covered this year in the first run Bald Movies. Right. And they are out there for you to enjoy because it's a 2018 thing. And, of course, you're going to wonder why we didn't cover it in this podcast. But they're already out there in the Bald Move feed. And we're going to link those in the show notes, correct? Yeah. What are those movies? Okay. So the movies that were covered this year are A Quiet Place, which, of course, uh, in my opinion, I wasn't part of that podcast. But I think that was an incredible movie. Yeah, it's definitely inventive and cool and has great performances and definitely has got a few hair standing on the back of your neck moments for sure. Right. Uh, The next one is The Nun, which is kind of a part of the larger universe of The Conjuring Mm -hmm. uh, with James Wan at the helm, which we've discussed at at mixed two mixed reviews. Yeah, I, I think it's an above average horror film that doesn't, you know, fly to the same heights as like the Conjuring's main sequence series or the Insidious series does. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think you and, and Jim found it a little bit more boring than that. Yes. So this list has movies, horror, horror movies in quotes, again, like we talked about at the top of the podcast, listed from worst to best at uh, the very top. And The Nun was on this list and it was like the th- third to sixth movie from the top. It got oh. really poor reviews, which is oh, from unfortunate. You're talking about is the top the worst? <laughs> I'm or sorry. The, best? the yeah, if you open up the page at the very top is the worst. Huh. If you scroll down to the bottom is the best. Okay. So what I was saying is that the bottom of their good review list, it's uh, third or fifth or sixth, something like hmm. that, had like 43 percent, which wow. was unfortunate. Yeah, I don't think that's, that's. I mean, it's got a good cast. It's got a good backbone. It's I, got I was like it, maybe it's a little too jump scare, uh, or maybe people are getting a little too onto the wand formula of the <laughs> onto way onto the wand or onto the wand. But like, I still think it works, and it's still got a couple of good hair raising scenes to it. So, and it looks incredible, and it has a great cast. Yeah, so. no, it's it's a fun movie. I highly recommend, despite some plot. Snacks. Uh, the next one is The Little Stranger, starring Dom Gleason. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dom Dom. <laughs> that one is on the Bald Movies feed. And then the last one is Mandy, which I have not seen, but I plan on seeing before... The spectacular draws to a close. Yeah, right. Before the blood moon rises. So that... And we that, all return <laughs> to worship the deep ones. That review is out there. The only reason we're considering it for the spooktacular is because uh, Jim did not have favorable reviews. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's it. You're breaking. On- you're breaking the 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 log jam, the gridlock. <laughs> Jim says one thing, I say another. You, you you're going to settle the hash, right? Well, here's the thing: wait. the the rotten thermometer mater. Uh huh. I'm just going to make up words all uh-huh. night. Yeah. I just, Has know, Mandy I, I, rated very, very highly. So yes. I think that it's something that I want to watch and you think highly of. So we have to we have to cover it. Also, point of fact, uh, we discussed this at the BIPAX, mm. uh, you know, annual uh, Blue Yonder, Bald Move adjacent uh, podcast meetup. And everyone in attendance agreed that uh, Jim is crazy. Mandy's awesome. Oh, that's what it took? Yeah. To understand that Jim is crazy? Uh, well, I mean... <laughs> 
who who's the sane person in this in this organization? I, I ask you. So the next thing I want to talk about in 2018, the movies that have come out that you and I have both seen that we can talk about right meow. Mm-hmm. First one up, Hereditary. Okay. Thoughts? I thought you were going to go, are we not cats with the right meow, but... I'm not. I Teaser. was very excited about Hereditary. I thought Hereditary was... I was very excited to see it because it was very, you know, it, the trailers looked amazing. Um, and I thought for the most part, it was a scary kind of creeping dread, atmospheric kind of dread horror, the exact kind of thing I'm looking for. But unfortunately, there was a couple of shaky decisions in the middle of the film that I was kind of waiting to see if the, if, if the end justified it. And I thought the end uh, was almost laughable. Like, you know, provoking titters from the audience kind of laughter. And that kind of broke the spell for me. Mm -hmm. So I felt like it was a great movie that kind of gave up and got silly in a way I didn't see it coming at the end. What do you think? I love this movie for a number of reasons. One, they do this incredible thing that you don't see often, and I'm going to say you don't see often because I can't think of where I've ever seen it before, but they do this building tension kind of thing with the mother building these dollhouses and recreating actual scenes that we're seeing in real life. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I thought was really... It's it's a big year for dollhouses, 2018. Yeah. Dollhouses everywhere. Right. Absolutely. Hereditary, Sharp Objects. Um, I know there was another one that I just saw. Right. Uh, they didn't do, the, do that in this movie, but I think that you could have done a lot of things with like the mother's imagination mm-hmm. in the dollhouses and like making creepy things appear that you might wonder if they're happening in real life. But, you know, they didn't, they didn't go that route. But still here as an audience in my mind, I'm thinking about, the possibilities and that's that i mean Mm -hmm. that's the whole point Mm -hmm. of this creepy tension Mm -hmm. and then we're still in the non-spoiler territory but in the last act it just really it really flipped everything on its side and like a a young fresh prince of bel-air's life for example (laughs) yes i i thought that it was i thought it was a really interesting concept just like the the witch which we just talked about Mm mm-hmm um, that's all the non-spoiler things I have to say about it. But even even given your concerns, I think that's still m- my opinion. I think everyone should check it's it out really because good. if the end, if you do not, if you do not read the end as ridiculous, then I think it will work really, really well on you. And it's very highly regarded, and it is definitely worth seeing. Do not let my neg- overall negative review of the last based on the, my reaction to the last five minutes, put you off of seeing the movie. Right. I'm very curious about why The Witch worked for you, but the Hereditary did not. But I think that's a spoiler-filled discussion we okay. should have. The next movie we have to talk about is Mom and Dad, starring Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair. We just watched this last night. What did you think about this? My notes say, this is just a joy to watch. There is, I mean, this is a Nick Cage, a late Nick Cage film, and, you know, you guys don't know it but uh, yet, or I guess we started talking about it, but Jim and I are doing this Nicolas Cage Film Festival six-podcast series about a look at the ups and downs of Nick Cage's career, and late Nick Cage is a hell of a thing. Uh, this movie came out in 2017. It has got slapstick oh it's got, i thought it came out this year no it's got slapstick it's got genuine horror it's got you know kind of some smart things to say in a weird skewed way about parent parenthood and being adult no, it came and out this losing year. your youth and yeah. oh did it yeah uh it has a lot like it owes a lot of stuff to the shining it owes a lot to like 28 days later because mm-hmm. it's a kind of a fast zombie movie if you think about it right um and that's about all i can say that spoiling but it is a hell of a lot of fun and <laughs> it's like an hour and a half long it moves like a freight train uh it's very entertaining especially if you consider like i did that nicholas cage released two horror movies this year this and mandy and in this movie he looks like a bloated mannequin of himself. Can I say that? I'm yeah, whereas that. in Mandy, he had got himself back to fight and shape, kind of. Right, and I thought that was 
that's that's commitment to an Oscar-winning uh, performer, right? Yeah, there. sure, sure. But yeah, th- that was a lot of fun. Highly recommend. Check it out, mom and dad. Watch it with your watch it with your kids for maximum lols. <laughs> I actually was debating whether Jack's old because it would be. I think he's got to wait a couple of years. Yeah, there's some there's some heinous shit in this movie. Yeah, there really is. Uh, Especially for preteens. Yeah, don't want yeah. you having those yeah. ideas. New mothers, new mothers shouldn't watch this film either because no. there is a old mothers, old mothers. No, yeah, you're yeah. Out. Old mothers. <laughs> I think old mothers would enjoy it. Uh, the new mothers, you, you, my, there's there's a couple tender scenes, tender yes. scenes of new mothers behaving very badly in this movie. Right. Okay. Um, speaking of horrific things, the next movie we watch is Are We Not Cats? Oh my God! Can you describe in a non-spoiler way what this movie is? about and why anyone should care about watching it so you know how we talked about bone tomahawk and how that was essentially a western movie that a cowboys and indians movie that took a left turn to absolute fucking horrorville in the last you know act of the film go on this is a kind of grungy romantic comedy or like like this is like 500 days of summer uh, much grungier that then takes a left turn into absolute fucking horror town in the last act. Right. Um, but you will, there, this is an interesting movie that feels like it's going to like a train spotting place or like a Requiem for the Dream place, which is already mm-hmm. horrific enough. And then it just out of nowhere turns into this body horror uh thing and i like watch like go on the go on the amazon go on the amazon uh on the amazon you can watch the trailer is this movie in uh, amazon instant or do we have yeah, to this is an amazon prime movie this okay. is one of those movies that i read the synopsis because someone had recommended it yeah and i thought you know what no nah, i'm good i'm just gonna sit this one out mm-hmm. but then i thought this is the Number two, and I'm talking in like second second best horror mm. movie on Rotten Tomatoes right now. For 2018? This, for 2018. So I thought, I need to give this a chance. And it's only like an hour and, and 12 thought, minutes. It's barely over if, an hour long. Yeah, right. I thought, if it's too creepy for me to handle, then surely I'll get that from the trailer. Yeah. So I watched the trailer and everything went really well. And I said, we're doing this movie this mm. year. And it's manageable if you've got a phobia. When, when, Let me just say that. When when this movie kicked into its horror gear, I caught Cecily and I both kind of averting our glance. And looking at for, each other and making and uncomfortable and, eye And I'm contact. like, no, damn it. No, we have to we have to watch this for the spectacular. And we're like... And we pulled out our clockwork orange exactly, devices yeah, about, and we yeah. peeled our eyes open yeah. and we it's, watched. It's a hard couple minutes to watch there. <laughs> so, uh, but it's like, it's again... It's one of those things like Bone Tomahawk where you almost for, you almost you almost give up on it pivoting and then it fucking pivots. Right. So yeah, watch that. Watch that. That's a good one. So the last new 2018 movie I have right now is The Endless. Yes. These are sophomore directors. Mm-hmm. If I can use that word. Yeah. I don't think I can. Why not? Is it not I accurate? This, well, here's the thing about this movie uh-huh. is that. It looks like an indie movie. Uh-huh. It is. It looks like an indie movie with a really good budget. It it's... looks like it looks like Weezer. Weezer for their first years were actually signed by a major label. Hmm. And it wasn't until like their sixth or seventh album that they signed with an independent record company. But this That's mo- what this movie is. It looks big budget trying to pretend like it's indie. But that's the thing. It only, it has a budget of $250,000. Exactly. This is a micro like, budget horror film. They made the most of it. No, I, I would I when I saw micro budget I'm like, do they consider $15 million micro budget? And when I saw 250, I was fucking shocked. Now And with that amount of money, uh-huh. this is the number one movie uh rated amongst horror movies of 2018. Yeah, this movie is creepy. This movie is like very Lovecraftian and like a cosmic horror. Sense. Just rips it's, right from the pages. It's a deep. It's a. It's a deep thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, it. I do now. Thinking back critically, I think that they're hiding a lot of flaws with some overexposure tricks. Um, but fuck, it works. It works, right. and it makes you feel like you're in this particular location. 
Um, right. You know, like it brings the kind of like the bleakness and sun, sun, sun baked, sun drenched na- nature of the landscape to the life. So, but yeah, I, uh, this movie has kind of, uh, captured my imagination. You know, we've been on Reddit right. looking at like theories and, uh, different explanations, but it's, it's a great, it's a great film. You, you mentioned these are sophomore directors. You're trying to say that they've done more than just two movies, which is fine. Uh, their first movie is called Resolution. Yes. Like 2015 or maybe even 2012. 2014. 2014. None of those options that I gave. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of like what you call a, a spiritual prequel. It might be in the universe of the endless. It could be. And it's like, but, but it's kind of intriguing. And I want to go back and see that film when I get some extra time because I would love to see more of this kind of thing from these guys. But I, yeah, inc- like visually incredible very clever it's got a lot to me one of the best types of scares in signs Mm -hmm. when you look over out like on the moon over your barn and there's a weird figure standing on top of it that then disappears or you're looking that you're looking down a row of corn and like you see a green foot step out of it or something it's like shit that you see in the corner of your eye and this film is loaded with crazy shit like that right what you're describing is the opening quotes the prologue of the movie where they they have some things that suggest from hp lovecraft and an anonymous source that the biggest fear that we have as humans i believe is the fear of the unknown Mm -hmm. like some of the movies that we described working on us the best is that you don't show the monster you don't describe what's actually happening it's the unknown that's super creepy Mm -hmm. there's a lot of interesting things in this movie but i think even if they feel like they've given you an answer within the universe your mind can still say well it's not quite that way as i'm sure there are some people who have watched the sixth sense and have some conspiracy theories that are yet to be disproven even though m night Shyamalan said no Haley Joel Osment can certainly see dead people, you know? There's also been a really, a lot of interesting theories on Reddit that we've been uh, following. Some lore pulled straight from Lovecraft that maybe even the directors and writers didn't put together when they wrote the story, but knew in their subconscious, but... (laughs) It's. I think it's, it's been like it's been. Like I, I, think you're, I think you're overselling it. I think a, a Reddit guy had a really compelling theory that the actual filmmakers fancied enough to get on Reddit and comment about it and praise it. I, I like I, you know, that's it's a valid interpretation of the movie, but I don't think it's like the correct interpretation of the movie. I don't think there is a correct interpretation of the movie, which is okay. what I think we're getting. Well, at. Yeah, like, I mean, that's one example of you know, it's many. it's it's deliberately a mysterious movie, but it also. The things we know about it has a very strong internal consistency, and it's just so satisfying in its conclusion and the way things end up. Is uh, it? I think so. I yeah. did not think it was satisfying. Huh? Okay. I think there's a lot. Of I mean, questions. satisfying like mechanically, not satisfying no, emotionally. Not even that. Yeah. Oh well. None well, I guess things. we'll fight about it in the spoiler-filled review. Okay. Well, I was going to say up front things that we will be doing. Okay. In the next or the next couple of spooktacular podcasts, we will have watched at least the first episode of The Haunting of Hill House, which just came out on Netflix. We are- um, Yeah, that looks fucking really good. We just watched the trailer for the series. It looks real good i wish we had yes. i wish we had time to watch the whole thing maybe we will because we've got a couple uh yeah i mean i'm just saying all we can guarantee you right now is the first episode that's true i gotta quit i gotta quit over promising right the other one that i think i have watched but aaron needs to catch up on is the forest it's a singular movie on netflix in 2018 great movie forest and then in descending order, Wildling, starring Liv Tyler, which mm, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. tell you anything about, that but I want good. our listeners to keep in mind as something we're going to cover in our next episodes if you want to watch it and get feedback in or be prepared. And the very last one that I absolutely need Aaron to watch this year is Raw. Okay. If anyone has seen the French film Raw and can hear what I'm saying about, say Raw. How do you pronounce it in French? Le Raw. Le Raw. Le Raw. <laughs> Raw, it, it's on Netflix right now, so watch it if you can, even if we cover it. It's about or people not. eating people. It's got to be. It's not. It's not? It is not. If it's about people eating people. God damn it. Who told you? Give me names. Who told you what Soylent Green was? 
the title of Raw told me. <laughs> well, you're 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 wrong. It's very it sounds a lot. It sounds very ravenous. We'll put it wrong. that way. And that that's all I've got. So we're gonna get into spoilers. Yep. Everyone who's not seen these four movies needs to get out of town. If you want to skip around, remember the show notes have the time codes to jump and skip around to get to the the movie reviews. So. Mm-hmm. Without further ado, let's just talk about Are We Not Cats first. Okay. Because that's in the order my notes are in. Uh, uh, so the premise of this movie is this guy, this millennial guy who's down on his luck, and he loses his home, his job, and his girlfriend on the same day, and he decides to buy a box truck and drink Drano and go to a weird underground house party. He meets an enigmatic woman, and chaos chaos reigns. Chaos ensues. Uh, this fucking thing, like I said, it felt like a very grunge 500 Days of Summer with this guy going after a very, uh, uh, a very complicated woman <laughs> who kind of thinks he's charming but also kind of thinks he's safe and boring um what yeah let's let's open up the floor of the conversation now the scary thing about this film is that no, the floor is open please continue <laughs> all right floor is open floor is open floor floor is open for discussion <laughs> You hesitate. See? This is why I take the floor. I did not hesitate. You, you hesitated. You said, let's open up the do- floor. <gasps> and I'm going to keep talking. That's right. That breath was my hesitation. Um, I just think that this movie... This this movie is strange for a lot of reasons. Like, this guy, I feel like we're supposed to feel bad for him at any point. But he's made a lot of poor choices. And leading up to him being ev- evicted from his parents' home is not his fault in any way that we can tell. Mm-hmm. But the subsequent choices that he makes makes us think that he has made a, a number of poor choices leading up to that, right? right? I mean, like drinking the antifreeze, or I'm calling it antifreeze. I don't know what they drink, but it seemed to me like the passenger got in, saw a bottle on the floor, and he drank some. It didn't seem like he came pre-equipped with that, but he was familiar with drinking it. Am I reading that wrong? I Yeah. I I don't think he brought it into the cab with him. Like I thought it was the guy's piss jar right. for a minute because yeah. he's living in that place. Right. But then they acted like they both kind of got fucked up on it. So I don't know. Maybe the guy, he, he uh, had it in his uh, inside breast pocket, just uh, a Gatorade bottle full of trucker hooch or prison hooch toilet hooch (laughs) whatever it was it lasted a while because it led to him having this bizarre uh scene where he forced himself upon the the empty warehouse i assume that they had the party the night before Mm. because he didn't have a place to go but he wanted the memory of that girl and then he still continues to hallucinate having sex with a girl who's actually at the the barn Mm-hmm. The barn house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what whatever was he actually was... doing? Is he just writhing on the grimy floor? Because I no, think he they... was on like a hay a hay bale. A hay, a bear? hay bear. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he was on a hay bale. Because I remember they, they showed they showed him making out with her, and then they showed like what was really happening. Right, he's just imagining and yeah. he's having a, a, a teenage uh, style wet dream. Um, yeah. And I felt like the the warehouse was like morphing between like a cave and a warehouse and the back of his truck, and there was an organ in there and an organ there, and yeah, it's very yeah, trippy. it's hard to get any kind of placement. But what I was saying is that I think the whatever they drank lasted a good long while. So mm-hmm. from that point on, I was really confused about what was really happening throughout the mm-hmm. rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, especially leading up to the um, surgery. Are we ready to skip? ahead to that part yet or you want to talk more well, about we the want to talk about this very awkward relationship that forms between the protagonist and this mysterious woman who mm-hmm. works at a, a a lumber place that they have these fantastic machines mm-hmm. like little bobcats that just rip trees out of the ground mm-hmm. it's like something out of lord of the rings and she's this badass kind of like tree ripper outer um, and but you find out that you know most of her hair's fallen out, and she's got some kind of mysterious illness. She wears this wig. Uh, he confides that uh, he, 
you know, they, they kind of bond over the shared stress eating of human hair. Mm-hmm. Because we've seen throughout the whole movie, this guy is taking like little, like when he gets distracted or nervous or whatever, he, or absent mind, he takes these like nips of his body hair and, and uh, pulls it out and, or his head hair pulls it out and eat it. Beard hair specifically. Beard right? hairs too. Beard hairs too. And then, you know, she talks about this and they kind of bond over that. And then her boyfriend comes home and has no, no, no. this. She, he sees her without her knowledge eating her boyfriend's hair mm, while right, he's sleeping. He, right, 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 he right. observes this. Right. And then he goes and steals the organ from the one place to impress her. Mm-hmm. And he tries to move in on his territory. And her boyfriend's like, sees this coming from a mile away. But you know, it's like, again, it's, this, it's this odd bohemian thing where just no one gives a shit about anything. This guy's like uh, halfway between a dirt bag and a nice guy. They have... Right, because the whole basis of their relationship is based on him observing her without her knowledge and uh, taking things that uh, he's also seen from afar that she likes, and it's not an actual shared experience they have. Right. And that's what makes it super creepy. Yeah. You know, he's lifting this... He's not only stealing the organ, he's uh, doing it, and it's a very, like, uh, tenuous or or torturous journey Mm -hmm. to get it up some cement stairs and things like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just it's yeah. The whole thing is to me, red is incredibly creepy and is not a basis for a healthy relationship. No, and like speaking, like there's nothing healthy about this because these people no. are all the time filthy. He's got this disgusting rash that is causing him a lot of physical pain. Um, it's all over his back. Like he, you said she's got a whole like she because she, she's talking about how she's sick and she doesn't. She might be dying and she doesn't know why. Like she starts throwing up clumps of blood and hair. Yeah, the day after she ate his entire head of hair. When yeah, he... yeah, the first time they have sex. Right, they, they had this big conflict where they he really forced himself upon her in uh-huh. her apartment, but she gave into it eventually, uh-huh. which does you not equal... Your, stan- your standard does, Blade Runner. Right, doesn't equal consent, but it mm-hmm. happens. And mm-hmm. then her boyfriend walks in and she was apologetic. She stormed off to bed. He... Put himself to bed in her bed. Mm-hmm, right. And then she ate all of his hair. Yeah, in one night. I think you're supposed to understand. It, it, it's yeah, possible. Because this movie's only like an hour and 15 minutes. I guess I could have watched it again. But like, I, I, there's an outside chance that you You could have, but did you that, want that to? You're supposed or did to, you want to throw out bloody chunks? Right. Uh, that's true. <laughs> if was, you had to watch it again. Well, I, I was thinking... Here's my theory. Is okay. it possible that you're supposed to understand that there's a few weeks? Like, she didn't eat all his hair in one night. No. Okay. No, it happened overnight because yeah. um, the next morning he woke up and he came into the kitchen and uh-huh. it seems like there was some stilted difference between them. Mm-hmm. Like he could feel it, but he wasn't going to reach his hand up and, and figure it out. And yeah, then just... he went to go to the bathroom and she's like, no, no, no. And she stopped him uh-huh. and he eventually did. And he freaked out a little bit. Right. Like you do. Yeah. When you. And you then she threw up all of his hair. Looked like you got stage four cancer overnight. So what that read to me as. Oh, is God. She, that I... was the first time she'd eaten an entire head of hair and not just like a couple a night or something. So yeah, that I'm, was I'm an intense to, infatuation. To don't wretch don't, thinking about this. Don't stuff. think about it. Just, I'm trying, just trying not disconnect to. a little trying. bit. Okay, all right. It's the first time she needed an entire, you know, entire head taco. Worth. No, an entire Taco Bell crepe case. Is that <laughs> a human a thing? hair? Sure. Yeah. Twelve tacos in one night. Yeah. Usually eats eleven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She she went for the she went for the baker's dozen. This was thirteen. Uh, right, so that 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 was what really set her over, I guess. So she goes into like a hair coma, <laughs> and he calls nine one one and says, "My friend ate too much hair," and they have this theory that she's got a bezoar, which, if you pay attention to Harry Potter class, mm-hmm. is a a goat stomach stone that cures all poison, but also apparently it's some kind of. Um, you know, like like this this petrified hair that can I don't know grow in a human's gut. If, well, because if you they said too- that the human body cannot digest hair. Right. Does, does we don't so, have enzymes to break that that shit down. Yeah. So she's got I guess an impacted colon full of this this stony bezoar. <sighs> And they I'm say I'm disconnecting. They say they say that like you know hold tight we'll be there soon. And this is where the movie, again, has, has been some creepy parts, some gross parts, but fairly, you know, like a, like a grungy 500 Days of Summer. 
Y'all, he does surgery on this woman with these grimy tools he's got. They said, keep her vital steady. And he said, I'm going in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going he, in blind. He cuts her belly open and pulls this disgusting lump of like, it looks like a an owl pellet crossed with a hairball crossed with petrified shit. And it's just disgusting. And she's looking at him. She wakes up through the procedure and kind of looks. Says, why? 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 Initially horrified, but then it's like there's a sexual pleasure that she's getting from having this thing pulled out oh, of her. Oh, I don't. I didn't get that. Well, that's because you were looking away from the screen. You no, were, I was you were watching str- it. She woke up and she said, why? I, I, why? I'm telling you, there was a gross turn there in the middle. Or there's a okay. gross turn there towards the end. And it's just. It's it's just totally fucked. And then, of course, uh, she almost dies. The uh, paramedics get there, and they're like, what the hell, dude? You know, why Why would you? And I think he almost got charged with manslaughter or something. Mm-hmm. But somehow that all gets, then, then oh, some time passes, and there's a, a little denouement where. Uh, denouement? Denouement, where he he hooks back up with her at her, like, Bohemian Music Shack, and she's had this color-generated Ro- Rube Goldberg machine. Color-generating Rube... Rube? God damn it. Oh, okay. Rube Goldberg machine <clears throat> and, that she's been putting together throughout the movie, and she's hung her bezoar off of there and put, like, glitter on it, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like this demented disco ball. Right. Such a fucking weird movie. Yeah. But that that those those like what do you think that is? Like thirty to sixty seconds? I mean those thirty to sixty seconds were vile. I it, the urge to avert my eyes from what I was seeing was as strong as I've I've ever felt. And that is the movie in summary. Alright, Cecily, is this is this a scary movie? How is this as as a horror film? I think it's a really effective horror film. Body horror for sure, between the between the hair loss, the the grinding of teeth, the but, the, the sores and scratching, and mm-hmm. like the idea that she's kind of trans. Because I I thought the gag was that through the whole movie, in fact, that she was going to transform into a cat. Mm-hmm. That you know she's going to cough up a hairball. She was going to grow fingernails and fangs, and she was going to kill this guy like a human sized house cat would. I mean, if you got a cat, look at your cat. Imagine it's human size, and you've got no doubt that it would kill you before the night's over, just because it's bored. No, I think that every night before I go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, if this cat grew... Tonight, my cat is going to kill me. If, my, if this cat was four times bigger, it would it would kill me for sport, mm-hmm. because it just doesn't know any better, little mm-hmm. psychopaths. I, and, and when they, they kind of zigzagged on that, I... Like I said, bravo. I was expecting more body horror, and they gave me more body horror than I could almost handle. But scary... I, 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 there's no rec- real genuine dread or terror. It's morally, ju- it's it's more just like gross out and squick and like just very uncomfortable watching. Uh, right. I think the horror here is the implication. Oh yeah. Right. I think it's really creepy to imagine. He has, the... he has a, a box truck, not a boat. Right. I think the the real horror, the horrific thing is the implication of her eating entire head of hair. Yeah. And not us seeing it. Yeah. You know, it's the idea of a ghost pushing something off the shelf, yeah, yeah, but you yeah. don't see it happen. Yeah. In, in, in that kind of vein. Yeah. You know, she's going to throw up his entire head of hair the next day, but we don't see her doing it, which would be just too much. Yeah. Too much. Like uh, that that one Eli Roth film, Green Acres. <laughs> Green Acres, yep. That's the place Green to Acres. be here. <laughs> the most horrific place to be mm-hmm. is Green Acres. Cre- Green Inferno is what you're talking Green about. Green right? Inferno, yeah. yes. <laughs> That's too much. But, you know, I think the creepiest and most horrific things that you can imagine are the things you don't see because yeah. you're imagining your own personal nightmarish hell. Yeah. I felt like this the the scary this this is movie scary in the same way a roller coaster hill is scary like you might want to go uh, for like 30 seconds and it's over. Right. You know, the you're back at the boarding area and uh-huh. collecting your fanny pack. Uh, would you like to move on to the endless at this point? Okay. All right. Let's talk about the endless. No, this I don't want to. Is this is just a great film? This was scary. It was creepy. It was well done. It cost less than a quarter of a million dollars. It's got pretty good special effects for 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 what it's trying to do, and it's got a very complicated plot. Uh, so this. There's a lot of things this thing's got going for it. It's 
it's a kind of sci-fi, timey-wimey story that I really like involving time travel and and loops and temporal bubbles. It also starts ostensibly about a, uh, a two young men that escape from a cult. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like right up, you know, me and Jim's uh, alley, right in our wheelhouse. And they, uh, unlike unlike us, who have been able to, you know, find their way in the world, these these wayward youths uh, have just had a real tough go. They're cleaning houses, barely making ends meet. And the one kid that was much younger than the other when they ran off has fond memories of the cult, essentially providing them an idyllic lifestyle, and he wants to go back. Uh, and the other guy's afraid this is a suicide cult, and they go back. It turns out no one's committed suicide. Hijinks ensue. Again, I would like to open up the floor <laughs> for right. discussion. I mean, that's not exactly... Um, that's the reason they went back, but it wasn't the catalyst. Mm-hmm. I think the the thing we have to address is that one of the women of the cult mm-hmm. sent them a video. Yeah, saying that goodbye. Was, that really triggered them wanting to go back. Right, right. Um, did she send it? How did she send it? Why does she not remember sending it? Mm-hmm. This particular Lovecraftian horror sends video messages to people. Yeah. Which is a really... It's a really effective, creepy thing to do. Yeah, because it allows them to do things with like, you know, you're You're looking up at the sky and you get a picture sent to you of something right in front of your face taking a picture of you. Yeah, like where is this point of view? How are they doing this? Where are they? And and there is a there there you gradually at at like the halfway point on a film realize that there is some kind of malevolent or malignant presence. Mm Mm-hmm. And the way they do it is, in my, like I said in the outset, my kind of favorite kind of horror is when you're looking out over a moonlit, uh, you know, farmscape, and you see a man standing on a barn that then like turns away and jumps now, off. Now that's a man out standing in his field. That's a man out standing in his his, his field or on a barn, whichever. Uh, and there is a, a couple scenes where this guy turns around and thinks he's being followed. And he's just looking at the landscape. And then all of a sudden, the landscape itself shifts in a way, and it gives me like a, like a Forbidden Planet vibe, like there's something invisible but very powerful because it can rip down trees and not. It's uh, it, it's very lost, it, uh, right? It runs by at incredible speeds, and then you're surrounded by a circle of Polaroids of you. Yeah, yeah, and and you it gives you a, a Polaroid that that has a particular location in the lake. Mm-hmm. Uh, of a of a, shows you a buoy and you swim down there and apparently there's a monster down there which because it's a quarter million dollar budget is talked about and not shown mm-hmm. um but it has a tape and the tape is a false memory of you as the acolyte of this ufo church it's it's i don't know it's really 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 bizarre and it seems like there's a things that violate causality because you, you you become aware that there's these weird little um stone structures mm-hmm. that form these like circles around certain areas. And these are literally bubbles of time that are running on loops mm-hmm. and some loops are longer than others. Right. Um, the shortest loop appeared to be a man in the tent mm-hmm. that is sitting on a chair. He screams, gets up, runs to the other end of the tent and then immediately warps back to the the scene it's like a three second loop and warps back yeah it's like a three second loop and right, the shortest one in this area they the, said then there's a there's a guy who is trying to help sober his friend up by taking him out to a cabin and chaining him up and he's they've apparently their loop resets every week right and if we're gonna talk spoilers which we obviously yeah, are yeah. these two uh were the first subjects of the directors the both directors which were the brother stars of this movie brother stars there was a movie um called resolution that the drug addict and his uh, best friend trying to sober him up were the star of and they i guess that movie was just them doing that loop over and over again hmm. Hmm. so you got to be really familiar with them by the time they got on screen in this picture did you feel like they were hinting at something we should have already known well, because I did. I felt like there was a joke that we were missing out on. Yeah, because so they I really want to go back and see that first movie. They seem unusually self-aware. Like th- that, those two right. guys and the guy that was hang- hanging himself in like the outhouse. Right. Yes. They. He must be in the first movie too. Do you think? I don't know. I, that's 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 interesting theory. We'd have to check out. But I I feel like that 
there's some connection to them being self-aware because the and but it's weird because the cultists that are on the 10 year the one decade loop mm-hmm. seem like they're kind of self-aware they know something's quite but but maybe it's just the fact that they they think they're in a cult so the weird stuff kind of makes sense and it fits in their religion i just don't understand why the guy they're like you know, their leader is working on this weird equation to try to figure things out mm-hmm. but he never talks about it in the kind of ways that the guy in the cabin talks about or like the fact that they're trapped or in a loop. It's like, it's, it's much more mysterious and divine to him. Um, so I don't know if that's because he just hasn't figured it out or he's deluded or the fact that if you have the longer loop, you don't get as much time to figure out or, or, or they're, you, you, they, it, it's probably easier to figure out what's going on. If you loop every three days than if you loop every decade, maybe, mm-hmm. but even then that's not exactly satisfying, satisfying explanation. Right. But, and I hope there is a follow-up movie to this, because I, I'd be interested to see, because I don't think we're done with the two brothers who start yeah, in this. Yeah. Um, you know, towards the beginning of the movie, we see them stop at their mom's, you know, highway cross with the pictures and the, well, the color drawing they made that they remarked and said it was uh, looked brand new. That was the first time we also saw the Dum Dums style Mm-hmm. pole sticking in the ground with mm-hmm. the with the gunk on it mm-hmm. so it seems like there's a loop there too yeah because i i remember thinking huh i wonder what that means um and they also mentioned like no no one in the cult had like aged um and they also there's there's a whole bunch of other it, it, but but the really cool thing is i thought this movie is really elegant and that the protagonists figure out that they're on this 10 year loop like literally in the nick of time, and there's all these weird things happening. Like you can tell th- things are changing. Like the moon now is split into two moons, two mirror moons, and they're saying like by the time the third moon rises, you know you have to make your decision or whatnot. And the third the third moon rises, and they figure out what's going on, and they get in their car and they they make it for the border, and you can see from outside the bubble them driving in. Like it and and like they arrive, they, they just get yeah, because like I'm I'm guessing that if that car had made it into the bubble, that that would represent them being sucked into the time loop and they'd never be able to get out like the other people. Mm-hmm. But they're able to get out, and that's that's the other thing I don't really quite understand is why once you wander into this monster's zoo, this cosmic zoo or this cosmic horror or whatever, like why what what are the rules that allow you to get out of it, like? You know, why, why, why can't it just keep you in there? Why can't it kill you? Or, you know, why doesn't it have any power until you survive one loop? Yeah, uh, the fact that they exited the bubble and then we see them celebrating and cheering it instead of, you know, a smash cut to them driving back to their mom's gravesite and sure. saying, oh, the picture is brand new. Mm-hmm. You know, starting that over again mm-hmm, mm-hmm. makes me think that they did escape. But Well, I know I th- I'm not arguing that they escaped. I'm saying like, what no, is the No, there's arguments to be had about whether they did escape or not. Really? Though. Yes, absolutely. Huh. huh. There's a lot of arguments about them. Because the loop just... inside was definitely resetting in a big way. <laughs> right. I think that they may be part of a larger, more than 10-year loop. Uh... Maybe it starts with their mom dying and them surviving the car crash. And that's the start of their loop. And it leads up to them leaving the cult. Coming back to the so cult, part of their and loop exiting... is escaping an inner loop. Right, exactly. Uh, uh. That's, I mean, that's just a, a thought that I had, but it just all completely stems from the marker right by their mom's grave mm-hmm. and them saying, the picture looks brand new. Mm-hmm. That means something to me. Yeah. There's like, I, I like how they build an atmosphere of things being wrong. Like the one guy that's kind of a sh- got a shitty magic routine, uh, but then he has a one trick where he can throw a baseball up in the air and it, it doesn't come down. Um, for like 30 seconds until he's, he's like ready for it. And that's like wild. And then they have this thing called the struggle where it almost looks like, but to that magic trick, you see later that the, the unseen force is holding it the whole time. Yeah. 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 Okay. I just want to make sure. And they have a tape of that, which is the the bizarre thing to discover, but they also have this thing called the struggle, which, um, the cult leader explains to the, the more skeptical of the brothers is there's a, there's a simple minded, they have one. There's one of their their brothers is a simple is a simple minded guy. He's got kicked in the head. I can't remember exactly what his damage is, but he's reduced capacity. And they but he's very strong. And they get him up in this like uh, cherry picker, 
and he holds on to the rope, and it looks like it's going off into, like, almost space. It's I, At first, I'm like, are they implying this is tied to the moon or something? Mm-hmm. And they're they're pulling it out, and then, you know, the brother, like, mock struggles with them as they work this rope. It's some kind of symbolic working through your things. Uh, well, when this more skeptical brother, they goaded him into doing it, it gives us, like, this big, like, a supernaturally strong yank. It bur- gives him a rope burn on his hands, a bunch of stuff. And then when he goes back to the crowd, he sees the simple-minded brother among them. So mm-hmm. it couldn't have been him. Yeah, I didn't think Smiling Bob pulled the rope at any point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so there, there again, like, why is a cult leader... What does he think is happening? Does he know that there's the monster there? Yes, I believe. Does he know I they're in a loop? everyone is... Yeah, absolutely. But then what the everyone fuck? Everyone in that cult... Cult... Yeah. Is a... And that is a part of that loop. I think they know what's going on. Hmm. I just can't explain their behavior in the way they interact with... Um, I mean, if they want to recruit these guys, they're being way too off-putting and creepy. If they want to warn them away, then they're being entirely too cryptic and unhelpful. Like, I'm not sure quite well, what they're I trying to do. Well, I think that half of them want them to stay in that loop with them forever, and the other half want them to escape. Hmm. I think the cult leader himself knows that his job as a cult leader mm-hmm. is to persuade them to stay, but he also doesn't want them to stay in his heart, which I think he gives the most conflicting message. But also the, um, the character... Who I don't know his actual character name, but his the actor is Lou Temple. Mm-hmm. He's got that super old timey lock that he unlocks for them to access all the videos and pictures and everything the force has sent them at the end. Mm. Oh, you're, this is the guy and, who was from uh, played Axel from season two, of The Walking Dead. Yeah, yeah, he's the star yeah. of the film. <laughs> right. Um. I think he knows something that he's not letting on to even the rest of the cult members because they yeah. always go and confer to him. He's, and his the the style of his hair and mustache mm-hmm. makes you think that you can't change your style no mm. matter how long you've been stuck in the loop. Like becoming a vampire, like a Kirsten Dunst what are you talking style about? That guy's, vampire. That guy's, ti- that guy's style is timeless. <laughs> right. Like becoming a Kirsten Dunst style vampire yeah. from Interview with a Vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She tries to cut her hair, but she can't uh-huh. do it. I feel like that that well that's just what i picked up that no, does not he, he, have any basis in reality he does have this kind of like heim uh, you know uh, uh, what what's the char- the idris elba character from thor heim heimdell or heimdell that he's kind of like this keeper of secrets and mysteries uh he knows more than even the cult leader he's a very because he's also their their brewmaster because they pay they they make all their money by selling beer uh to people which uh, is bullshit Right, can you imagine, like, when the loop resets? Like, how do you explain that? Like, how do you explain the fact that these people never age? There, there's a lot of questions raised in the movie, because this thing has been going on since, like, the 60s. So it's been going on for 50 years. No, much longer than that. Well, I just saw the the latest date I saw on the, the, the tapes themselves were, like, the 60s. Gotcha. It was the lock on the f- door of the video shack. Yeah, you're right. That it made was me think it was much older. Because like that wild, was but, but it makes lock. sense. Like, how long has commercial videotape been and and audio tape been available? So, like, maybe you're right. It goes back a lot. Maybe they have paper records in another deeper archive. There, I, I would love to see another sequel to this or a prequel or anything in this universe because it is. Yeah, and, and and there's a prequel we can watch. It's out there right now. It's a frustrating, <laughs> it's a frustratingly incomplete story, but that's also very Lovecraftian. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, this I, was directly influenced by Lovecraft. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, do you want to move on to Mom and Dad? Yes. So this, like I said in the you know spoiler free synopsis, this was just a joy to watch. Um, there's so much slapstick but genuine horror, mm-hmm. and uh, there's also like something cool about because these these parents are essentially fast zombies, mm-hmm. but they only want to kill their own parents or their own their own children. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like if you saw this giant horde of zombies come towards you, and maybe the sea washes over you and leaves you on, or maybe it just tears you apart. There's like a little bit of tensions because sometimes the zomb- the the zombie parents catch up to a group of kids. And nothing happens because none of them are actually their parents. Right. Like when I was growing up, I never knew if my parents wanted to kill me for real or uh, just for like out of anger. So right. I identify a lot with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but there's also some genuine. There's like a lot of slapstick horror. Slapstick. Slapstick. Yeah, because it's, it's it involves blood and dismemberment. Okay. Uh, but also genuine horror. Like for example, the hospital scene where the uh the char- the the main character's uh sister mm-hmm. gives birth to the baby right and it's very much like in the walking dead where you see a zombie turn right. like they're a regular person yes. and then they t- and she starts wanting to desperately get at the child and it's scary because she's holding the child yes and she starts choking the life out of it yes. and all these doctors and nurses are trying to pull uh her away and the one the sister gets it's it's fucked up, man. Like Absolutely. I couldn't breathe for like thirty seconds there. Right. Mm. Mm. And it, it was looks, amazing. It looks. It looks so real. And they also. It's a really good fun movie. Yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, this works psychologically better than it should because there's a lot of Jungian stuff going on, like children's fear, dread, love, respect for their parents, the fact that parents love their children, but every once in a while, you really want to kill them. It's there. You just, you just like, you have this just intense anger and frustration with them. Um, and they kind of even voiced that like Nick Cage as the, at one point, the children escape to the basement mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the parents are locked out and they're trying to like persuade the kids to come outside. And he's like, you know, honey, we love you, but sometimes you just want to want, want, want to kill them. <laughs> And they're going out the door with sawzalls and trying to to, to 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 get at the kids, and the kids have a gun. It's 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 just really good. I don't know how much more spoilers you want. Nick Cage gets to act like a lunatic. Uh, Selma gets Blair, to? yeah, yeah, gets to, gets it's to act like forte. a lunatic. Ah, yeah, as a as a as a as a as a, as a uh, now I consider uh, myself a a Nick Cage scholar and expert since uh-huh. we're doing the season of the Cage thing on on BaldMove.com, the super serious film festival that's debuting tomorrow. Uh, I just feel like it. Uh, yeah, he's not insane. He acts insane and takes shitty movies because he probably needs money. I don't think he's really insane. Okay. Although he did name his son after Superman. I mean, that's fine. I wasn't looking for a defensive Nick Cage here. Oh yeah. Just talking about Well, you one found movie. one. What I thought was in, what I thought was really cool about Nick Cage this year is that this is the second horror movie he starred in. Yeah. And he lost an incredible amount of weight between the two. Yeah, cuz he was and pretty why? pretty pudgy in this film and he was pretty jacked this and is Mandy. The, okay, this is the Mom and Dad was the movie he made for the money. Mm-hmm. Mandy was his passion project. His passion project <laughs> this yeah. year. They yeah. just both happen to be horror movies. That's 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 high praise. Uh, so I don't have a lot more to say about mom and dad. That's, I, I think the endless is my favorite. It's the thinker and the mom and dad is the one you can watch just to, you know, turn your brain off and, yeah. uh, effective horror and, and, uh, are we not cats is the movie you, you watch if you don't want to eat immediately afterwards. Yeah. Uh, or during or before. Yeah. Or yeah. Just anytime. So, um, so I just said, we talk about hereditary a little bit more. Um, I'll tell you this much about it. I finally bought... I, I, I own a grimoire now. I own a book of, of spells and demonology. It's a 17... It's a, you can get it on Amazon. It's like nine bucks. But it's a 17th century like copy of a bunch of, of a wood and engraving. Uh, Wait, or, that's in our house right now? No, I keep it at the Baldwin Studio. Okay, good. Because it's just too spooky. But it's the Lesser Key of Solomon. And it's this this encyclopedia of all these demons and how to do invocations and a bunch of just gobbledygook and really cool pictures. But uh, I got it because I walked out of this movie and they talked about payment. And the year before when we were seeing the the, the Conjuring Two, it was all about you know Darmok or whatever the fuck its name was and Avalik. And I, I'm like, there's all these cool. And I keep on seeing this book, this this Lesser Key of Solomon mentioned as the inspiration. Yeah, so I, I I now before I watch a scary movie, I can I can educate myself on on the the demon's strengths and abilities that don't really have anything to do with the movie. I guess mm-hmm. I just want to brag that I've got a 16th century, 17th century grimoire in my possession. Okay, well, uh, thanks for letting everyone know. Um, uh, any thoughts about this movie? <laughs> okay, yeah. So Hereditary, I think, is very close to the witch in atmosphere until. Um, and Dowd shows up. And from that point in the film, everything's Which just... Which is pretty l- early. Yeah, but everything's just a little bit too on the nose, a little bit too convenient. And at the very end, the cult themselves, 
Like, everything that's happening to the mom, where she's, like, crawling on the ceiling and hanging out like a vampire bat on on the wall and bashing her head against the attic door trying to get in is very cool. But the final scene of the boy being possessed and the ceremony of these naked, middle-aged, pudgy people with these placid smiles on their face, I, I guess it was just too ridiculous for me. I... You know, I was like totally, totally on board when the woman cut herself, cut her own head off with uh, Garrett, and I'm like, wow, this is really fucked up. But then he ran into this treehouse full of naked, you know, people that look like Homer Simpsons, and I'm mm-hmm. like, these these people can't can't bring about an apocalypse, right? The, these these people don't don't have what it takes. They don't they don't have the they they, they just I don't know. They're it just really bothered me how silly the demonic cult was. Okay. What did you? Th- I mean, what? I I couldn't disagree with you more. I think this is one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. And uh, what were you expecting? What what was so what was so off putting about? Um, what I'm gonna say is like averagely shaped people. Did you were you expecting more attractive people? Were you expecting like old hags with more loose skin? What were you expecting? What was so weird about just normal people? Being part of a cult. I don't know. It's it's just maybe it is the fact that they were so normal and average. They didn't look and and the the, the looks on their. I mean, I don't. The, is that supposed to be creepy? The fact that they're doing all this terrible stuff and they have this corpse of a child. Uh, they got her head knocked off on a telephone pole and they've 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 dressed up to look like this. Uh, I don't know, Zool type character. And they're all just uh, this expression on their faces, and the fact that they're Nate. Yeah, it's they're something. It's, it's like if you went to the Seven Eleven right now, and you took all those people and you put them in a treehouse and you teleported their clothes off and you told them to look as stupid as possible, and you said that's a dangerous cult. That's what it looked like, yeah. and and I don't know, like I. Uh, I, I don't know what I want my satanic cultists to look like. I guess there should be more black robes. There should be more like uh, eyes bowed, uh, muttering in scary sounding curses and faux Latin. Uh, may, maybe there should be some uh, so, some blood markings. Uh, and I felt like they didn't really connect like uh, the the dollhouse concept. That was a big part of the early goings of the, the the film. I didn't feel like that they connected that in a very satisfying way. They're just the movie was building up to something interesting, and the third act just didn't quite hang together. I I, I remember feeling like I wanted to laugh more than I felt my skin crawl. Right. So and, I, and that's I, a purely subjective thing. I'm I mean I can totally see why you would say it's the best horror movie you've seen in a long time. You like it better than The Witch. Yes. Wow. Wow. Because that's my high water mark in the last decade, probably. I mean, I like I said, I I feel completely differently because I they in this movie just from even its conception, I guess, to mm-hmm. the public, the trailers made us believe that. Uh, for me personally, that the grandma died, mm-hmm. and we saw funeral scenes and the granddaughter was going to possess the grandma's spirit Mm -hmm. and then you see people staring at her from across the street and Mm -hmm. you think that's what it's going to be but they very quickly shut that down when they chop half of her head off Mm -hmm. and i that was shocking like the whole anaphylactic shock and yeah that was effective right you i didn't know that was going to happen just leading up to Mm -hmm. the uh, the telephone pole hitting her face. Yeah, you know maybe she would suffocate to death, but that was that was insane. Yeah, so it's got that shock value. And, and it's that, got the this misleading premise. Also, the fact I mean that that's the that's I thought the movie at its most effective when her brother you know he realizes that her head got knocked off and he just drives home with a blank expression on his face, goes in his bed and lays down, and you kind of real-time the movie, you know, dawn breaks and mom discovers and starts screaming. And, like, that that stuff I thought was really effective and creepy. Right, it's incredible. That's exactly what shock looks like. Yeah. And in that, a teenage boy. I guess the, my problem is the sub- suburban cult has these beliefs that are so weird and antithetical to society, the idea that they could just be your neighbors next door 
I don't think is plausible. Like they they seem like okay. they should be living out in cabins in the woods or something. Right. Okay. Uh, but I could see how that would be an argument for making it more creepy. Like, oh, these could be literally your neighbors. And maybe they are. We Worshiping payment. We wouldn't know. Um, but still, I, I really like this movie. I like the creepy cult reveal at the end, the mom crawling on the ceilings. I think that all that stuff was really effective for me personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I... I hear everyone's criticisms, and I don't give a shit. No, I, I don't think it's most... It's I think it's it's me and a f- very few others, because this movie's got very much, very much high praise. Uh, and, you know, I think it's so high praise that you should absolutely see it if you like scary movies at all and make up your own damn mind, because probably 90% of you are going to like it if you haven't seen it already. Uh, and even with its flaws... Still got some some hair raising moments. Still some genuine moments of psychological dread. They don't really, they don't really rely on jump scares. Like the mm-hmm. one sequence I thought was really effective is where you slowly become aware that the mother has been in the background, hanging on the ceiling the whole time. Yeah, like that's kind of like you know, it, it's, it's or that you know they showed the dollhouse earlier with yeah. the grandma in the doorway. Uh huh. But that never happens. But you're expecting it. Yeah. In the next few scenes, you're just waiting for any doorway or door frame you see right, to be inhabited right. by a ghost grandma, and it doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. So vice versa, I think they work both angles, and I think that's what I love about this movie. Yeah, well, check it out. Consult your demon grimoire and uh, conjure payment at your own risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is all of the stuff that we got for this for first this volume. Edition. We got some other movies to talk about. Uh, one that I'm really excited, uh, if you guys want to watch kind of, I guess, with us, is uh, the movie Apostle, which oh, yeah. stars Dan Stevens. Just came out on Netflix. Just just came out. Uh, yep, yeah, just came out on Netflix. And it's it's a really good... I don't know. What would you call that? It's not. It, I guess it's a period piece, kind of. I don't know. It's a horror movie. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a horror movie. It's 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 it's. You have it's, to define the time period of horror movies, or no. can you just say horror movie all the time? I guess you can just say horror movie. Right? Is that what people do? Yeah. Please but write like, us in and tell us if we're wrong. So that is the spectac- spectacular 2018 volume one. We'll be back uh, next week with another volume. I know one of the films we're going to watch because we already did is Apostle. It's the latest that's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It stars Dan Stevens from Downton Abbey and Legion. Correct. Uh, really interesting premise. Don't. Really spooky. All right. Not going to say anything. No, not going to say anything. If you want to play along with the next spectacular, definitely check that one out. You have and to wait. we'll be back next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Cecily. See you later. <laughs> nah, it's dumb.